today is Exodus chapter 39, verses 32 to 43. So all the work on the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, was completed. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then they brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all its furnishings, its clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases, the covering of ramskins dyed red, and the covering of another durable leather, and the shielding curtain, the Ark of the Covenant law with his poles and the atonement cover, the table with all its articles and the bread of the presence, the pure gold lampstand with its row of lamps and all its accessories and the olive oil for the light, the gold altar, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, and the curtain for the entrance to the tent, the bronze altar with its bronze grating, its poles and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, the curtains of the courtyard with its posts and bases, and the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the ropes and tent pegs for the courtyard, all the furnishings for the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and the woven garments worn for ministering in the sanctuary, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when serving as priests. The Israelites had done all the work just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses inspected the work and saw that they had done it just as the Lord had commanded. So Moses blessed them. Continuing in Exodus 40, verses 34 to 43. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. This is the word of the Lord. Awesome. Yeah, I just want to read this again. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle or the pillar of fire at night, they would set out. And we're told this all happened in the sight of all the Israelites during their travels. Uh, welcome to Current. We're so glad that you're here uh, today. If you're visiting, I just got to say, uh, this is a great day to, be, to have chosen to come and join with us. Uh, if you've been here for a while, uh, this is a special day in that we essentially are celebrating the fact that the Lord is kind of in our own way picking up the, the cloud or the pillar of fire and moving us quite literally into a new space, into a new location. And so we thought we'd kind of mark this day, this kind of transition uh, today, and looking at this very ancient text of when God moved the Israelites in their own way uh, through the moving of the tabernacle. Uh, if you had told me a, a number of years back before we got going here that uh, the Lord would move the way he's been moving in the life of this church, uh, it would have just absolutely blown me away. The fact that now, I just, man, just even thinking about this just blows my mind. About 100 people have put their faith in Jesus uh, for the first time in an area like the Silicon Valley. That just blows me away. Or to think about just some of the stories of life change, life transformation, or to think about some of the impact God's allowed us to have in the community, helping foster kids and families, uh, survivors of human trafficking, uh, homeless, refugees, those sorts of things. It would have absolutely blown me away. But one of the biggest components of that is how the Lord has moved through where we have been at for whatever given space and time. And so literally for the last season, we've been here at the Hyatt, and it's been, it's been wonderful. But uh, like I said earlier, the cloud's moving. And in two weeks, we're going we're gonna to follow him, as we believe, into the Computer History Museum. And so if you're today 
you're here today and you're visiting, this is a great day to check things out and hear about what's happening in the life of the church. And again, if, you're, if you've been with us for a little bit, uh, this is a day that's special to celebrate. Because that's what I want to do today. As we look at this text through, through, through its lens and through its teaching, I want to consider, I want to I I celebrate how God has been moving in the life of the church. Because really it's his story, not ours. And then I want to consider how we sense he's moving ahead of us into this next uh, season, this next space. And then finally, I want to invite you into it, share some ways that you can, you can jump in if you feel so led. So let, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll look at the text together. Father, we just want to say, as ever, thank you so much for the way you provide for us as a church. And thank you so much for the ways in which you move in and through the community. It's just blown us away, and that's from what little we've been able to see and understand for ourselves. We're so grateful because we know at the end of the day, anything good or of eternal value is only because of your goodness at work. And we thank you that you so graciously allow us to join you for that ride. And so, Father, as we get ready to gear up and move into this new space in two weeks, Lord, we just ask that you would go before us as ever as you have done before. And uh, we pray with hearts of expectation that you would do even greater things uh, in that time ahead. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, today we're looking at the tabernacle, okay? The end, the end of, the, of the book of Exodus ends with the establishment of the tabernacle. And uh, it hit me, it, it dawned on me a few years back, I guess as a church planner, it kind of especially kind of uh, came to me this way, that this is the first portable church. You know, the tabernacle is portable. And it, it's, it was, I was walking in today, and I, I asked Cindy, she's like, do you really want me to read all these, like, materials of the tabernacle? Like, we, I was like, yeah, because, hey, you just get the picture of it. And when else do you get to hear a sermon where that stuff's, like, kind of included? But it's like it's talking about curtains and, like, the, the bases and the posts. I'm like, I'm just kind of laughing. And, hey, can we thank our ops teams just for setting up? And then verse 33 also says they brought it to Moses. In the past, that would have just gone completely over my head. But now I'm realizing they had a transportation team. And they brought, I'm like, because this is a big undertaking. This tabernacle, can we thank the track drivers? It's like, <laughs> this whole tent and all its furnishings that they, sometimes that God would pick up the cloud and the pillar of fire after a few years, sometimes a few months, sometimes a few weeks. And they'd be like, all right, he's moving. We got to go. And they'd all be a part of it. That was the tabernacle. That was these days that the Lord established. And he established it at the end of Exodus. And that's really helpful for us to kind of understand. Because it's, it was really in a way giving us, giving the church, whether you're a portable church or not, just this fuller, richer context for what it means to worship God. Because the tabernacle is all about worshiping God and being a home base for God's ministry to carry out. Which is frankly what we're doing here in the Hyatt have been. It's, it's all about worship. The, the context of the tabernacle being established and set up is, again, the end of the book of Exodus. And if you know the book of Exodus, even if you didn't grow up in the church, chances are you know it's a story of God delivering his people out of slavery. They were, they were slaves in Egypt, and God delivers them out of Egypt and then delivers them through the Red Sea. And what's the first thing they choose to do right after that? They choose to go and worship the Lord. They go to the mountain, they go to Mount Sinai, where God gives them his law. He gives them these instructions for how they are to worship, portable as they're going to be. And we get this beautiful picture of what it means for us to worship today, even as a portable church. 
Because worship in that context was God's people coming together and thanking him for what he has done. Who he is and what he had done. Delivering them out of slavery. But guess what? This side of what Jesus has done for us on the cross and through his resurrection, we now know God hasn't just delivered us out of slavery in terms of like the human sense, as, as incredible as that was in their story. He saved us out of the slavery and bondage to sin and death. And in so doing, we can now be in relationship with him if we receive what he did on the cross by faith. And we can, so now when we come together, we, we worship in a space. It's worth doing all this effort, setting up and tearing down, because we're giving him praise for who, who he is and what he's done, and it's far greater than what they even experienced in those days. So if I could summarize this first thought, worship is, number one, loving God. Okay? It's coming and saying, thank you, Lord. And, you know, we do this on Sunday mornings which has been a tradition in the, from, from the times of the early church until now. It doesn't have to be on Sunday mornings, but the church has often chosen to do Sunday mornings because, well, one, that's what's known as the Lord's Day. It was the day that Jesus rose again on the third day, so they were just like, we'll establish worship on that day. But, but also because it's the, the first day of the week. It's a way in which we can come to the Lord and say, Lord, this next week is yours too. And with the first fruits of our time and our week, we just want to say thank you again for all your provision. And we want to love you. We want to serve you. So that's what worship is on, on one level. The, the New Testament, the, the scriptures after Jesus died and rose again, help us also understand that it goes beyond that as well in the local church. And that is we love God, but we also love one another. We're given all these instructions to build one another up through songs and hymns and prayers and, and teachings from God's word. And we're, we're supposed to spur one another on together, love, serve, care each, for each other. Uh, and, and, and all the rest of it. So that's what we're doing here today. And then number three is we love God, we love one another, and, we, and then we love our neighbor. This is a wonderful chance. Maybe this is you today, that you're here, you don't follow Jesus, you don't identify as Christian, but it can be a place where you can taste and see who God is, what he's about through Christian community. There's a place that I love in 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul, writing to the early church in Corinth, said, worship in such a way that the unbeliever will come among you and say something like, surely the living God is among you. We just want to worship such a way that our coworkers and neighbors that we invite into this space will be able to experience him and, and even put their, their faith in him. So what we do here, this set up and tear down operation, is of utmost importance and it is mission critical. And what we see in this text, starting here and then throughout the rest of it, is it can happen anywhere. So Exodus 40, verse 35 says, The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So corporate worship, when God's people come together to worship, can, can happen anywhere. It's not a, primarily about the space. I mean, it can happen in a permanent church building setting. It can happen in an auditorium, in a hotel room. It can happen in a computer history museum. It's where God's people gather, and the, the promise is, Jesus said it this way, wherever two or more gather in my name, there, there I will be among them. God's presence, his glory rests as we, we worship him. And what we get to do, church family, is worship him here and have this home base in, in, in a place called the Silicon Valley. And when I start to think about what that means, especially when it comes to like facilities, portal to church, uh, in a place like the Silicon Valley, I'm filled with all sorts of feels because there's opportunity as there are challenges. I was talking to a church planner just this last week, and he was telling me, he's, he's, they haven't 
launched their gatherings yet. They're right now meeting as a, as a core team down in the Santa Clara area. They're looking at all these spaces. He told me he's looked at no less than 90 facilities in the last little bit, and still they don't have a spot. Another church planner overheard him, and not to be outdone, said, well, yeah, I think we looked at 150. That's what we found. And you'd like to think that the collective, you know, response of church planners are like, oh, that's insane, that's absurd, and, you know, those thoughts are all there. But really the response was like, yeah, <laughs> that's the area. Because it's obviously very expensive here, just for living purposes, let alone to be a church. Space is, doesn't grow on trees. It's not very available. And then on top of it, this is not an area known for being all that receptive towards Christianity. There's a lot of spaces where maybe it works out. And actually, this was the case with that buddy. Sometimes they hear no because they're a church, although it comes in different wording and all that sort of thing. So it's just to say, being portable here is, it's an opportunity to see God move. It's an opportunity to trust as a church and see him move. Because check out this verse here. Man, I got to tell you guys, I love this text in light of, you know, planning a church with you guys, starting up and just like, you know, now being six years in, because you just can see so much more stuff that's going on had it not been the case. But Exodus 40, verse 38 says this meaningful phrase, very important. It says, whenever God moved, it was, quote, in the sight of all the Israelites. It's very meaningful, very uh, impactful phrase there. Whenever he moved, it was in the sight of all the Israelites. I remember the first time we needed to move and find space. I was really stressed out. I called my dad. And you understand, he's a church planner. He's also my dad. And I was just like, Dad, this is, this is really stressful. Can't find a space. We know we need a space. And I'm just, I'm really stressed because, you know, Cindy and I, we've had different challenges along the way where we had to trust God. And it was, it was crazy. And we've seen God show up for our own space where we're living and all that sort of stuff. This kid's schooling and but this one feels like extra layer of stress because there's all these, you know, the, the church is on the line too. Everybody's like invested in this decision. If it's just me and Cindy, like if it didn't go well, we could just kind of like, okay, it'll be, it'll be fine. But everybody in the church is like, we need this space. So if it doesn't work out, it's going to be really discouraging. And, and he said, son, but that's, that's the best part. He said, you get to do this as a church. You get to collectively as a church, trust him and watch him move. I'd like to say... I had perfect faith in that moment. I was like, yeah, that's totally it. I was really encouraged, but I was still like, but he was absolutely right. It's been an opportunity and part of our story where at each juncture where we have to move, we've just had to trust the Lord. Like, what are we going to meet? And so today, part of what I want to do is remember and celebrate how God has moved in the life of the church. So you get to hear a little bit of that story because, hey, we're not celebrating current story because current's current. We're celebrating it's God's story. It's our story collectively, however long you kind of are here and a part, part of it with us. We wanna, we, it's good and right to celebrate when the cloud and pillar of fire move, and, and we get to see him do that and fill his, his tabernacle with his, with his glory. Uh, I remember very vividly the night when we were meeting in our living room. This was back when we had a bigger living room. <laughs> and uh, we had, it was a packed night. It was really fun, and there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of excitement about the vision of where we were headed. This was long before meeting weekly in terms of like, you know, formal gatherings. And, and there was a lot of excitement, a lot of people there. And after, after kind of the, the gathering with the adults, the kids came from the bedrooms, and it was just, it was mayhem everywhere. It was really exciting. But at the end of that night, I couldn't shake this feeling of agitation. Like, I was just kind of like worked up and just kind of like, why am I so agitated? And I had to think about it for a while, and I, and, I, and, it, and I realized a little bit later that it's because we had outgrown that space. And, oh boy, that's a problem. 
good problem, but where are we going to go? That was on a Sunday. That Tuesday, I just happened to have a coffee scheduled with a pastor who reached out to me. So I went together, get to, uh, went to get together with him, and uh, he, after introducing himself, he said, hey, tell me about the vision for this church you guys are starting. Love to hear about it. So I told him, and after that, he was just like, wow, that's really exciting. Hey, we'd love to support you financially, which unfortunately we're not in the place to be able to do. It's like, fine. He said, but, 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 could you guys use facilities? Like, could you use space? And I looked at him in that moment, I was like, is he an angel? And he showed us around, and that's where we met for, as a launch team, as we got ready, in, in Trinity Church's youth room. It was amazing. And by the way, this is kind of a side story. I still think of it as like a, the cloud and pillar of fire moving. That's where we office now. That's our headquarters. And officing space is on a similar miraculous vein as all these things. I had one little room. Now we have like a wing for the, for the staff. It's, it's pretty exciting, but God moved in that. So we were in the youth, youth space there in Trinity. And then we're like, all right, but where are we going to like launch ongoing? Because we knew we needed to find our own space and... So we got the team together around a kitchen table, and we laid out the parameters of like, okay, this is how much auditorium space we need. This is parking space. This is kids space we probably need. And here's our, our budget. Try not to laugh. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, all right. So we, 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 just, we talked about all that, and the collective conclusion of the team is, okay, the Lord's going to have to show up because we're not sure this exists in the Silicon Valley, let alone in the area that we had decided we're going to shoot for, Mountain View, that, that so everybody went out, and, you know, the team were talking to all these different schools and, you know, community centers and nightclubs and bars because we're just so desperate trying to find any space. I mean, I just remember one conversation. We were talking about, like, a, like a bar. We are like, well, we could do communion pretty easily. Just kind of set things up. The kids could go. Like, I'm, like that's the, those are the conversations because we're like, what are we going to do? Came back, reconvened as a team, and everybody reported essentially the same conclusion. Yeah, God's got to show up because we all talked to a bunch of people, and the answer is no. Meanwhile, months are, you know, approaching the time when we decided this is when we want to start. We decided to do what's, what we called a Friendsgiving that year. We just wanted to start the way we meant to continue on, and we just wanted to invite all of our friends, coworkers, neighbors into a Friendsgiving uh, meals. Wonderful. We did it over at the historic Adobe Center, if you know, there at the, the top of Castro Street Central. And the team was just in there. Again, we're in desperation mode as far as facilities go. We were just like, hey, this is a cool spot. Had an awesome auditorium. It wasn't huge, so we're like, all right, but it's something. And could we park here? No, there's like literally two parking spaces. We could shuttle people in. Okay, what about kids' space? So we, there's like some auxiliary rooms. We looked in there. They were tool sheds. And we were, I, I, I won't forget the time when we were like, hey, we could put kids in here. And there's like an open saw. I'm like, I'm like yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. And anyways, we're having this conversation after having done what is not lost on me, an outreach event. And the manager of the facilities of the city of Mountain View just happened to be there. That's a whole other story. He never was at any of these things. He just happened to be there, happened to overhear us have these loony conversations about putting kids in the space like the ones he saw. And he said, guys, if you like this space, you should check out the senior center. And immediately when he said that, I was like, oh, darn. I was, I was thinking in my head, like, darn, we've, I've done senior center type ministry before. That's not going to work. I just know already we're not going to want that kind of space. And he went on to say, as I'm having this thought, yeah, there's all these wonderful facilities we have in the city of Mountain. They're all booked out because everybody wants them. But nobody ever wants this space because it's a senior center. It's like, I don't know why people would think that. So we went, we checked that out. And it was wonderful. For those of you who were here before the pandemic, it was a wonderful spot. 
the cloud, the pillar of fire moved. And you know, what's incredible about that space is it had this whole wing that, you know, some on the team are like, oh, we could eventually do kids' ministry over there. And I'm over here thinking, like, not for a good while. But a few months in, the kids' ministry had actually grown to the place where we needed that wing. We didn't have it. It was like God providing before we needed it. And then in February of 2020, if you do the math there, we launched our second gathering, which is really exciting. I remember uh, in particular six people made first-time decisions to follow Jesus in the span of five weeks. We're just like, God is moving. This is incredible. And, of course, then March 2020 hit. And I don't know how to work this in, but the pillar of the cloud kind of moved virtual. <laughs> and actually, in all seriousness, the team that helped us get set up virtually, they, you know, you guys did an awesome job, the way you guys pivoted so quickly. And then how the team has basically now moved to be more online, live stream. It's been incredible. We're so grateful for that. That's been a huge gift. But now we're coming out of the pandemic in the Bay Area with all its sensibilities, restrictions, all that sort of stuff. And we're like, well, where do we meet? And the senior center was no longer an option because it's run and run, by, run and managed by the city, which had zero incentive to have anybody back in there anytime soon. So we're like, okay. And our relationships with them kind of gone. So it's just like, okay, that's not on the table. Well, it just so happened here at the Hyatt, you know, the team had checked in here and had conversations here, just kind of as always maybe looking for backup options because we've already said that you kind of have to have all these backup options in the hopper. And, and they had said no at that point, but coming out of the pandemic, with business down, these guys were like, oh, hey, yeah, we could we'll open out another church. So we decided to move here. And you want to talk about God's provision and his miraculous work in that. Like I just, you know, cloud moving, pillar fire. Every time I look at these retractable walls, these two retractable walls that lead out into a patio space, I think of God's provision, his cloud moving. Because you can't whiteboard out, hey, we need to help the church out of this pandemic, transitioning out. It would be nice to have two retractable walls to provide ventilation. You know what I'm saying? So some can sit outside if that's their thing, and that's just like, God's like here. The cloud brought us here. And now we're in a place where, you know, when we first found out that we needed to move from here, and, and, and you know, kind of post-pandemic business picked back up and we kind of understood that was always probably going to be the case and now it's not quite as feasible for us to be here longer term and you know they're communicating that to us like okay we got to move at first I was really bummed and I'll be real it was very stressful like in a lot of spaces and all that sort of stuff um but I now see I now see I think it was I believe it was God doing something that we needed but we wouldn't I'll say for myself I wouldn't have gone to think that we need without him moving us. Does that make sense? And, and, and I'll put some specifics behind that. If you go out there and see our kids' space, the team has done an awesome job playing Tetris with that lobby, the curtains and all that sort of stuff. We have two wonderful rooms, but we've kind of hit kind of the capacity for the kids, and we're just like, and I feel like the Lord in some ways is kind of helping us solve for that with this next move. And so he's leading us to the Computer History Museum, and it's, it's really exciting. He's done all these things in all the sites of the Israelites, all his people, and we just say, we just say thank you for him. It's been an opportunity to see him move. We celebrate that. We remember that. And now I want to consider with you where it is we see, we sense him moving us next. Uh, we should have some pictures. Oh, great. They're up. Uh, of the Computer History Museum. If you haven't been there, you got to go check it out. It's awesome. Um, it's a really, really fun space. First of all, it's right off the 101 there off Shoreline. 
um, which is which is fun. The space, it's, one of the things I'm most excited about is I'm talking with my neighbors, co-workers, Cindy and I, are, Cindy was out even just this last week at our back to school night, and we're just talking about how we're getting ready to move into the Computer History Museum, and our friends, our neighbors, I've lost track of how many times this has happened, but like, oh, it's there? We might come. And we're like, yeah, come. It's like an easy invite. And then, then go to the museum afterwards or whatever. It's like, that might sound superficial on the surface, but it's like, man, if the Lord could use that, yeah, let's be about that. In an area that's not known for being receptive to Christianity. That, yeah, absolutely. The space itself is really wonderful. We had a, a buddy out kind of looking at the space. He works with a number of, of church planners who've been portable, just dozens and dozens. And he said, man, this is an incredible space. One of the space, the things I'm most excited about, and the pictures won't quite do it justice, is the kids' space at this new place. Um, it looks, it's hard to see in that picture. I'll, I'll put it this way. I've walked, uh, Cindy and I have walked through together with two separate groups where at least one individual, unrelated to the other group, even knowing they said that, say, say the words, whoa, you could play football in here. It's just a massive atrium that we can, you know, right size, three wonderful rooms. We'll have space for the youth to be their own right now. We just haven't really had that means this last little bit. They've been super creative meeting down on the lawn while it hasn't been raining and different spaces around the, ho the hotel. So we're really excited about this. We just sense God getting ready to do some, some, some exciting things as he's moving, as the cloud is moving once again for us. And so I want to conclude with, just spend a few minutes of time of inviting you into it sharing some ways that you can be a part of it as we gear up to make this move. Because as we see it, the water is warm to jump in. One of the things Cindy mentioned earlier is that right now we're kind of reorganizing all the teams because we're moving into a new space. And I just got to say, that, that makes it a wonderful time to jump into things, particularly when it comes to community building. You know, there's, there's, there's times, you know, if you were to kind of jump on a team and things are already kind of configured the way, it's, the way they're configured, you know, you're kind of the new person just kind of jumping in as the new person, and that can be wonderful and good. But here's an opportunity to kind of jump in, and that's not really the factor so much as, hey, you're here, I'm here, let's, let's do this. We're getting ready to start up current groups in a little bit. Those are our Bible studies. Those are really important to get into God's Word together and encourage and build each other up through those means and relationship, but I would just emphasize one of the key ways to build relationships in a church, and by the way, join with the church in the sense of just knowing that we're all kind of linked arms together, locked arms, is by joining a team. You just meet a number of people in different ways, different swaths of life, and all that sort of stuff, and just, this is just a great time to jump in, to come back and really kind of hit this home from the text. To me, when you look at the text that we have here, end of chapter 39 of Exodus 40, and then also if you have your Bible, bookmark you have chapter 35, because that's, if the setting up was the, the, of the tabernacle is chapter 40, the building of it is, is chapter 35. I think it's all, all um, a part of the same deal here. I think the main point is God was moving, and it was a community effort. When you look at the tabernacle, God was moving, and it was a community effort, and I believe that's the case now. When you look at the, like the text and what God calls us to, by the way, in the New Testament as well, every single local church, God is moving, and it's a community effort. This is just an all-hands-on-deck, this whole tabernacle thing. If you look at Exodus 35, 4, it says, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. Verse 10, all who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, it's tent and it's covering. Verse 21, everyone who is willing and whose heart moved them came. Verse 29, all the Israelites, you get the idea. Read more verses here. God was moving, and it was a community effort. We believe that's what he's doing here. Listen to how Paul 
said it to the early church in Ephesus, really describing all local churches. He said, from him, that is God, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Everyone is called to serve. We're all called to serve, and we get to do it in this place. And we're really excited about it. Uh, a few observations, and then we'll pull this together. Notice that there were a diversity of tasks. Okay, there's, there's building tasks with the tabernacle. There were sewing tasks. There were designing tasks. There were carrying tasks. There were clergy tax, tasks. The, the thing that's interesting to me about the, the clergy tasks, the, the kind of the more official religious tasks, and that's where it's um, referencing Aaron and his sons, kind of the priests of those times, is that they were just kind of listed off as just one of the other tasks. It's not like, oh, and here's the, the priestly tasks and what they're doing. These guys get spent. No, they were just one of, of many. And then as a corollary, we see also here that there were a diversity of roles. We're, to, we're told there were artisans. There were skilled men and women, leaders, designers, other sorts of folks. One of our goals here at Current is to increasingly help people serve in a way that matches their passions and gifts. Does that make sense? There's always needs and opportunities, and it's not always possible to find that, like, you know, right away. And sometimes there, there needs to be faithfulness proven. Jesus talks about this, faithfulness with little, then trust with more. But we're always trying to move towards, okay, where are people gifted, and where, are the, op where do the opportunities meet and try to find that space? Does that, does that make sense? So are you, are you a people person? There's people things to do, tasks to do. <laughs> that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> Ways to connect with people, make connections. Are you a non-people person? You know, it's funny about this, and that sounds really weird, but just to like sit in that with you, the Silicon Valley is known for not being as people-y as other parts. <laughs> We're way more introverted. By the way, introversion doesn't, of course, necessarily mean you're not a people. But you get the idea. There's behind-the-scenes stuff. There's ta task more with your hand. There's just different opportunities for the church to carry out its roles as we're each doing our part. It's really, it's really fun. It's exciting. We get to discover, hey, where does this make sense? The key ingredients, it seems to me, then and now, were a willingness and availability. Because that phrase is repeated over and over again. I'm just going to read three spots. Verse 5, chapter 35, everyone who was willing was to bring to the Lord. Uh, verse 21, everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came. Verse uh, 2 of chapter 36, Moses summoned every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come. I could read, read more here, but you get the idea. There was an availability and willingness. Um, look, we have zero interest in guilt-tripping anyone here to serve at current. And so let me just say, if you feel at all pressured, don't feel like you need to serve. That's, that's not what we're about. The Lord wants to invite you, if, if you're willing, if that's something you want to do. It seems to me, though, that un the undercurrent, if I can say it that way, of these texts and texts like them in the scriptures is, but don't miss out. Don't miss out on being a part of God moving, whatever capacity that looks like. Because God is moving, and he's constantly sending an invitation and calling us into it. And don't miss out. Think of it this way. When we get to the next life, we get to go up to some of these folks who are there at the establishment of the tabernacle and first portable church and be like, man, it's so cool you got to be a part of them. Like, yeah, it's awesome. But there's also going to be folks there who were there but weren't willing, didn't be part of it. And I imagine they're going to be somewhat bummed about, man, I missed out. There's an invitation, there's a call to be a part of God, God moving. Look, this is what we sense, humbly speaking. We, we sense that God is moving. He's getting ready to do something pretty incredible. We've already seen him do incredible things. Blow our minds. 
But in some ways, we sense, we prayerfully expect he's getting ready to do even greater things. And this is a wonderful chance to jump on and join that effort. And we want to invite you into that. In fact, as Cindy, Cindy referenced earlier, when you came in today, there's, you should have seen a card on your seat. I wonder if you would uh, look at that with me for a second. If you feel so led, you could sign it. Again, no pressure. And, and I want to say this too. Anything you fill out today is in no way signing up for anything in Permanent Inc., this is just to hear more information, if you'd like to, about different teams. Because there's different teams being uh, reorganized right now and coming together. So obviously, band uh, is pretty straightforward. You play an instrument, you sing, uh, check that. Cafe, I'm excited about this. We're going to have a cafe ministry. It's been a little bit of a double-edged sword here at the Hyatt. We've had a cafe machine out there that we've had to use and, by the way, also pay for. Uh, and so we're going to be pulling together that for the team. And I just, I'm really excited about not just the good coffee, but also the community around it. Um, creative is an exciting team that's helping us expand our ministry in the online space, helping people get a sense of who we are before they come, which is a big deal in our minds here in a place like the Silicon Valley where they're kind of like, wait a minute, I'm not sure about this church thing. Uh, we have uh, kids and youth. I, youth, I can't emphasize this enough. Kids ministry is not only booming, it's, I mean, you, I think Cindy mentioned last week, there's, there's now over 30 babies born after, you know, from the pandemic. Do you like to hold babies? Because we've got a spot for you. I mean, but seriously, and then, and, then, and then also helping train up the next generation in the faith, let alone in a place like the Silicon Valley. Boy, I could, that could be a whole sermon. Uh, youth is really exciting in, in what they're doing. Um, operations, we've highlighted this from time to time. That's a great place to jump in uh, initially if, if, you, if we want to find a place to start. Uh, production and uh, ushers uh, are, are teams that are essentially helping us get the auditorium um, set, set the table here in the auditorium for, for worship. Production, obviously, more in, in the, the technical sense, but ushers also in terms of where, where you see in the, f the, f the feel of the room, which matters more than I think most of us uh, realize. Um, I think that, oh, welcome. I've had friends at their baptism share how someone's smiling at them and helping them feel welcome led to them coming back to church, which they never thought they would have gone to, and ultimately hearing about Jesus and putting their faith in him. And I'm like, that, that doesn't say the importance of welcome team, or and, and, and all of us, by the way. Uh, I don't know what does. And then my favorite box, wherever I'm needed. I love that, because it's just, you know, yeah. Um, would you take a few moments to fill this out, even now? Uh, again, it's just to hear information. And as you do that, there, oh, there will be buckets that come along. Uh, we'll do an offertory here in, in a minute. Buckets that will come around, you could pop those in there. The team leads will be out there, I, I believe, on the patio. Um, you, can, you can take this to them if you prefer to do it that way. Um, we have a special treat for you today. The team put together a video of Pedro's story, which is really exciting, hearing this guy's story. Just, just his story is enough for you to go like, wow, it's incredible what, what God has done in, in his life. Um, but what I want you to also especially listen into is how God used the space, the common space, as he'll put it, uh, to, and, and, the, and the volunteers behind the scene to ultimately lead to him putting his faith in Jesus and actually doing quite a bit more than that. Um, Let's go ahead and have a watch, and then we'll, we'll close our time together. Growing up, I lived right down the street from, from a church. I, I really didn't go. I only really went to play video games. I was playing RuneScape at the time, and the church offered a, a video game computer lab for the kids before the service. So I would go into church exclusively to play these games, and I'll leave right before the church started. And it must have been a few weeks in, and the youth pastor at the time was, was noticing that I was leaving right before, and he came and grabbed me one day, and he said, hey, you're coming in with us. And as soon as he did that, I, 
I, I felt shook. I was like, oh no, he got me. I, I'm going to church now. I remember the service so vividly. And by the at the end of the service, I had put my faith in Jesus and I finally got to know Jesus and put a relationship with him. And when the time came to high school, I, I made the decision to get baptized. I was in the 10th grade. And when I took this information back to my family, they, they weren't happy with it. I didn't have their support. So uh, there was a lot of tension in my household during the time of my baptism. But it's something I wanted to do and something that the faith in my spirit was pulling me to do. So I, I just went ahead and did it. I remember when it was time to enter the water to get baptized. Uh, we we're allowed to take a family member to out to the water with us. And my sister walked me out to the water. I remember as soon as I touched that water, I instantly started crying uncontrollably. So through that moment, God was able to soften the callus in my sister's heart, leading her to eventually be saved and baptized a few years later. And through my sister being baptized and saved, that softened the callus on my mom's heart, leading her to be baptized and saved. And through that, my dad's heart, his callus was softened and he was saved. All glory and praise to God that he was able to use that moment of my, my vulnerability at my baptism and I'm so happy that the kids ministry that the church I was going to offer this this uh, common space for the kids to come and commune with each other but the real hooker was the people behind the scenes while I went for the video games I stayed for Jesus and I'm so appreciative of all the volunteers and pastors where I went growing up to church because it created a ripple effect in my life to not only save me and for me to have a relationship with Jesus but for me to be in, for God to have a, a tool within me to impact my family down the road I'm just kind of smiling to myself because he says in there, if I ha get this right, Pedro, he says, I went for the video games but stayed for Jesus. And I was reminded of a conversation that we had uh, recently where uh, I heard this story the afternoon after the morning we decided to get a little video game console for this new space. This is one of the things we're going to do. And of course, it's going to be in its proper space and we'll do it after, you know, but we're going to get a foosball table and, and ping pong, which is going to be, man, just think about the youth having fun there. Well, kind of to your point, went to the video games, but stayed for Jesus, and, and now we're kind of carrying that on. Uh, I love how you say, man, I'm so appreciative for this common space and for how these behind-the-scenes volunteers led it to be a place where not only you ultimately came to put your faith in Jesus, but, but the rest of your family. It's like, and now he's one of our amazing ops guys serving here in the Silicon Valley for the sake of seeing that continue on. I mean, that's just mind-boggling. And the thing about this is the, the one of the staff members in, in putting this video together realized and, and the people who probably created that space and volunteer behind the scenes don't have an idea of that story, let alone how you, you know, your family's come to put your faith in Jesus, and yet that's taken place. And it's just, man, it's like, it's the, it's the seemingly small and unseen things that we do that can make an eternal impact that we're just so grateful for. And, and that's what we want to invite you into. Uh, we get really excited. As we set up our own tabernacle, so to speak, portable church, we do it to love God, love one another, and love our neighbors. It's no small thing we do. It's more than worth it. And we're seeing God do incredible things. So the water's warm. We'd love to invite you to join in with us. So please give it a, a look and uh, hand in your card, and we'd love to talk to you more about it. Uh, let's pray, and then we'll, the band will come up. Father, again, we just want to say, uh, as, 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 as Pedro said in, in his testimony there, all glory and praise to you. Uh, we're just so floored by how you choose to use space and the efforts of people, seemingly humble efforts of people to accomplish eternal things, including people putting their faith in you. 
Father, thank you that you've been doing that in the life of this church. We just give you praise for that. We, we ask that you would continue to do that in, in even greater ways, that you'd allow us to be a part of that. I pray that for all the gospel-believing churches in this area. Would you help us to be not just churches where we, where we go and attend, but we, we roll up our sleeves together and we serve, starting in the tabernacle and then out into the community where you've placed us. Father, please do go before us as we go as we sense you're leading us into the Computer History Museum, would you do a wonderful work there in the lives of the people who will be a part of things there and the people of whom you'll, you, you've called us to, to reach out to.